Hello and welcome to the Be Health Curious podcast, where we talk all things bariatric surgery. I'm Robin, one of the founders of Health Curious, and today we're talking with Brittany West, an incredible Spartan racer who not too long ago had trouble walking to her own bathroom. After her gastric bypass, she committed herself to changing her life and her body. Brittany's story will surely light you on fire. As always, I will let her introduce herself. Please enjoy. My name is Brittany West. I'm a, well, I was a stay-at-home mom. I just started working after eight years of being a stay-at-home mom. I'm recently married about almost three years now. My son is 16 and he's my only surviving child. I say that a lot because I because I have had a previous son who was stillborn. I hate to say I only have one child because in my heart I have two. So he is my only surviving son and I am a assistant teacher. I've never been a teacher before, never went to school for it. I put in an application, got it. And it was like, yes, and found my calling. Thank you for sharing and already being so open. I know that you've had a gastric bypass about five years ago. How did you come to make this decision? I had gastric bypass May 8th, 2017. And I have been overweight as long as I can remember, uh, especially starting around puberty. And I do have ADHD. And I believe that played into the weight um, because I was on Ritalin. And Ritalin, um, as a lot of people know, makes you lose weight. You, know, you eat a lot, but you're losing weight constantly. So once mm. I got off of it in my late teens, I had already gained weight, haven't been on it. And then once I was fully off of it at 16, everything just came on, but my weight really started at about 10. And I tried every diet, like most bypass, we tried it all. I'm ashamed at times to admit I used to think bypass was the easy way out. I will. I was one of those people because I didn't know anything about it. I knew you had surgery and you lost weight. That's all I knew. And so when we were doing a trunk or treat and I was, you know, overweight and I was trying to walk with my husband, my son and my stepdaughters, you know, I just sat down and I just couldn't walk. Um, I, I was diagnosed with degenerative osteoarthritis in both knees. I was 32 and I had handicapped parking on the back of my car. And that was really eating at me. And then when I couldn't walk through a trunk or treat again, it was eating at me. So a week later, we're at Halloween and I'm trying to go door to door with my son to go trick or treating and my husband's with us and I just couldn't keep walking. The pain was just so bad in my knees. It wasn't like it hurts a little. It was, it just, I, my knees were buckling and I was starting to fall down. So I sat on the curb and I was 32 and I couldn't walk. Mm. If I wanted to go grocery shopping, I still pushed a cart. I just would not get in one of those motor carts. To me, I could I could walk. I would walk to the grocery store. If anything, that was my walking. But at night, after having walked through a grocery store, my husband, bless his heart, would have to carry me the best he could at almost 260 pounds is what I weighed to the toilet because I couldn't even walk to use the bathroom because they were so sore from just mm. grocery shopping. So that Halloween, I sat down on the curb. My husband comes over while my son's looking at his candy and we're you know, just talking about my weight. And he's like, you know, I don't know what more you can do. And I said, well, I've been hearing a lot about gastric bypass. I said, and I, I, I think it might be the easy way out, but I think at this point, I don't care anymore because I can't enjoy my son's Cub Scout hikes. I can't do anything anymore. I'm just bedridden, basically. I'm like, and I'm only 32. Mm. I said, it's not going to be before long before I have sleep apnea and diabetes and all these other things. So 
the next day I called my doctor, set up an appointment to get it started. And a month later I was at a seminar for bypass and I remember sitting at the seminar and hearing them talk about everything. And they were like, you know, you got any questions? And I said, I uh, raised my hand. And I said, yes, will bypass cure degenerative osteoarthritis? Uh, the doctor said, no. He said, but he did have a patient who had it. And five years later, she was able to dance at her, her son's wedding pain-free. And, you know, I was like, okay, it's worth it. So everything started right then and there, the process, getting it all done. Um, and then I had the surgery May 8th, 2017. And wow. to say it has improved the quality of my life is uh, the biggest understatement I think I could ever say. There are no words for it. I've always dreamed of, since I was a kid of being an athlete and imagine myself with this person full of fire and the ability to be unstoppable. I just always imagined myself as like a Spartan warrior. I've always been obsessed with Spartan history since I was a teenager, but it was not achievable for a person like me. I was so weighed down with anxiety and depression. I had been severely physically abused, sexually abused, uh, mentally abused most of my life. So I had no confidence. There was nothing to me. I'd attempted suicide multiple times, former cutter. It was just miserable. But then when I had bypass, it was like I took back my identity from all of that. And then racing gave me my identity back even more so. I never wow. had dreams before I had bypass. Wow. There's so much to unpack here. This is a really beautiful beginning to our conversation can you tell us more about your journey from essentially being handicapped to now completing dozens of Spartan races and becoming that athlete that you had always dreamed of being? Well, it was not, it was not easy. Um, bypass, you know, gave me the tools to lose weight. Within two weeks of bypass, I was, you know, given clearance to go to the gym and, you know, I started right then. Because I had decided April 2017, I was going to do a Spartan race. I had just stumbled upon Spartan race, like look it up Spartan history. And then something popped up in Google, want to be a Spartan, join Spartan OCR. And I was like, what's this? And then I was like, oh, yes, this must happen. So <laughs> that became the dream. Um, and so I started in the gym, you know, I was doing a bicycle. I was only allowed 10 minutes a day. And, you know, I progressed up as my doctor cleared me for treadmill. Uh, the hardest part was the treadmill. I was trying to jog for a mile. And at that point, when I was finally able to jog, I think I was at about 200 pounds. Day of surgery, I was 220. So I'd lost 20 at that point and it hurt my knees to jog. And I, I pull up this video and I hope to one day lead this, meet this lady because I will say her name because she inspired me so much. Her name is Laura Mersner. She is a Spartan pro, very well known in the community. She runs Elite. And I would watch her video of her racing in Nashville. And I thought, I want to be like that. I want to have that fire she has, that unstoppable ability, that, you know, epic Spartan woman. I want to be like that. And so anytime I felt like giving up on the treadmill, I mean, so many times I would just watch that Nashville race video over and over and over. Eventually, I didn't need it anymore. The biggest struggle on my way was lifting weights. Cardio, you know, you can eat healthy, you can do all your cardio, you're good. But I started also lifting weights for obstacles within a couple of months. And that became the biggest moment that was the hardest because I can't eat enough. And bypass teaches you to avoid all carbs. 
So I'm, I'm trying to work out, I'm either throwing up or I'm passing out. I don't know what to do. I talk to trainers at Gold's Gym. You know, they know I've had bypass. They, they don't know. Cause they're like, we don't, we don't have anybody here who lifts weights. Like you want to, that is bypass. They're like bypass comes in here. They do their cardio, they do their yoga and they leave. You're trying to lift, you know, a lot of weight. So through a lot of research, I've, you know, started to realize you got to eat carbs. So I started, you know, eating the carbs that I could eat and then I would go work out. Then about a year into doing this all on my own, I always thought I'd be alone with Spartan races. Um, That's not what happened. Thankfully, I got this lady named Sally Nifong. She saw me trying to lift weights. My form was terrible. I, I don't even remember what I was doing. I was just doing something on my own because uh, I was I trained myself by myself for a year. And she was like, you know, here, let me help you. So I, we started talking. I told her my story, and Sally became my trainer. Who she's also my best friend. Made of my she was my made of honor at my wedding. I can honestly say I probably would not be successful on course had it not been for Sally and her training. And she never charged me. She just took me under her wing and taught me everything. I still would have made it to rices, but I'm definitely, I'm able to lift the men's weights because of her. <laughs> the hardest part was when I went to have that, my tummy tuck. It was an excess skin removal, but they did repair a couple of things. That, I was not expecting that recovery. So I had the excess skin removed January of 2019. And I knew I'd be in bed for a while, but I didn't expect the injury that came after. It was about four to six months later, I'm at the gym. I've been cleared to go back to my normal intense, because my, my workout, Sally had them very, very intense. And something happened. We don't know. One minute I'm fine. I go home from the workout. I take a shower, lay down. The next day I'm in pain and my abdominal area is swollen like I'm six months pregnant. At this point, I start, you know, go to the doctor and the doctors even now don't know what happened. We just know something happened. We just all, it was, it was just listed as a abdominal tear, a rip in the abdominal wall. So it was just go home, stay in bed. Well, that was heartbreaking because I was supposed to race my first Spartan November 2019. Now, there is a silver lining to the fact that I couldn't because if you Google the North Carolina Spartan of 2019, it is said to have been one of the worst one in the books for America. It was snowing. It was icing. There was extreme hypothermia. The ERs were flooded from that race because as Spartans, we don't DNF, which is do not finish unless we have to. Mm. You lose a lot of money too if you quit. And so that that one I sat out. One of my good race friends, uh, Brett Milks, he was running his first ultra at that. He did later tell me, I'm so glad you weren't at this one. It was really, really rough. It would have been a hard first race for you. So then I go into January. I'm healed up. I'm good to go. We're 2020. I'm like, all right. April 2020, Charlotte Sprint, it fell perfectly on my first son's birthday. Like that, it was written in the stars. That's to be my race. The best way to honor his brief life. And then we got shut down by COVID. So we all know how that went. I was so upset. So me and Sally, we just kept training and kept going at it and going and going. And then finally, I got I got word that there was going to be a savage race in Charlotte in December. And I found out in August 2020, I was like, it's not a Spartan. I researched savage, but it looks like it's going to be just as hard, a different type of stuff. It's a race. Let's do this. So I signed up. I didn't know anybody. I had Spartan friends. I had friended while I was, you know, on my journey, but nobody I really knew was coming to this race. So I ended up finding one guy and he ended up not being a good person. So I ended up finding another person that I did know through the Spartan forums that was a good person. And he, he stuck with me, Tom Mamming through the whole race. He was a great guy. So then we're coming into the big one, the Spartan. I 
got introduced to this amazing group of people by a mutual race person. And this person brought me into uh, a race called OCR Overload. And I did that one. And that's where I met this team called More Heart Than Scars. And the team captain, Joey McGlamory, he was like, you're one of us. We adopted you. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought I would be racing alone all the time. And he was like, nope, not now. So he taught me into coming to Jacksonville, Florida, two weeks after OCR overload. I suffered hypothermia at OCR overload in Florida in February. I had severe abdominal nerve pain, and that's part of what I combated every race because of the abdominal tear, whatever happened after that tummy tuck. I will probably forever be facing lower abdominal nerve pain. Some races, it's not an issue. Some races, it is. It just depends on if there's a lot of inclines, what the temperatures are. The biggest thing is I have to stay dry. So I usually do have to avoid the famous mud baths and everything. Um, I will do one this year, but when it's warm. So we go into Jacksonville, Florida, and I'm with you know these this team of people I'm just now getting to know. And Joey McGlamory, he's a personal trainer. He's a nutritionalist, a life coach. So he was like, everything in a package that could help me. And he was such an epic friend from the beginning. I felt like a sister to him almost. He welcomed me. And my parade of questions, like the most biggest question any gastric bypass person is ever going to ask is, can I have a six pack? He was like, absolutely. You can't if you do this, this, and this. And, you know, he was like, you know, you're very underweight. I know you deal with body dysmorphia, but you have to eat to do this Spartan in two weeks. You've got to eat food. You've got to get your scale up because at this point I'm almost a hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. I have severe body dysmorphia. I'm eating just enough food to fuel my intense workout in the now races. I, and I also just didn't know any better. So we got me eating. He was like, eat this, 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 and this, you know, sweet potatoes, brown rice, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. He's like, you already eat healthy, but you don't eat enough. So he got me into eating better and eating more. And we do the first Spartan and I'm with these people and I step into the festival and I felt time just stop. I wasn't overwhelmed by the sights per se, but I'll, I could could smell was the fire, like the actual fire. And all I could think was when I was training on that treadmill four years prior, what kept me running on the treadmill was thinking of the infamous fire jump. That moment that only to my knowledge still Spartan is the only one that has a fire jump at the finish line. And it's what kept me going on the treadmill. Every single time I wanted to quit from my knee pain, I would imagine the fire jump. That memory and that constant thought of the fire jump has got, got me through all my training. It's why I never gave up for four years. So I smell the fire and I just burst into tears. I grabbed my teammate, Kim, and I'm just crying. And she was like, what's wrong? I'm like, I made a dream come true. Mm. I've never shot for the stars in my entire life. I was too fat. I was too stupid. I was too ugly. I've never had a dream and I made it come true. And she said, yes, you did, baby girl. And we did the race. It was the Spartan Super. And the team more heart we have uh, adaptive athletes with us they are handicapped but they are adaptive athletes and we had erica brogan with us and i got to meet her we talked over the phone she's wonderful she is one of our adaptive athletes um i was not prepared for how long we'd be on course being with an adaptive athlete it is lengthy but definitely worth it so i did collapse a little at one point uh, dehydration it was hot nutrition was down. so then two teammates papa bear and danita they pull me over in the shade they throw water on me get 
liquid IV in me. And then they take me off to finish the race and I finished my race and it was just beautiful. And I, I raced the next day with the team. We did the Spartan sprint and that was my first Spartan. And after that, Joey would not let me say no to races. He was like, Brittany, you got to do more races to get better. And I was always scared and nervous because they're so hard on me physically with the gastric bypass. I mean, I have to eat on course. If it's a Spartan sprint, I don't have to eat anything. That's just like three to five miles, but a super, a beast, anything over five miles, I'm eating and drinking a lot of water. This is so, incredible. Can I um, ask you to also share for the listeners who maybe aren't aware of what a Spartan race is to just give a lay of the land? A Spartan race is an obstacle course race. It was founded by Joe DeSena. I hope to one day meet him. The whole point of a Spartan race is the name Spartan to be unstoppable. Do not quit. Do not surrender. Do not back down. They can be very hard. There are four tiers of a Spartan race. You have your sprint, just three to five miles. And the reason you will hear me say three to whatever or six to whatever is because Spartan miles versus real miles is a whole different beast. It's a whole different thing. Mm. So, <laughs> so then you have, you go. And so with each one, there's obstacles in a certain set a number of obstacles so with the spartan sprint you have about 22 25 obstacles and these obstacles are monkey bars rope climb spear throw bucket carry hercules hoist atlas ball it, it's a long list um and then you go into your spartan super it's six to eight miles it's about 32 obstacles and so with each one they add different obstacles um they're always the same pretty much in every race but you will see some in a super that you'll never see at a sprint and then you have your spartan beast my beast and that one is, is, is definitely a pusher for me. It's uh, 13 to 15 miles. And it's got about, I think, 35 to 37 obstacles. I'd just be doing stuff at this point. Um, it has a traverse climb. Traverse climb obstacle you will only find at a beast and an ultra. It is a long rope. You can do it one of two ways. You can do it upside down, your hands pulling you, your feet got, you know, behind you, um, wrapped around the rope. Papa Bear likes to go on top of it, actually. He's former military, so he's got he's nailed down climbing on top of that traverse rope. And you just climb it. Is it is a traverse rope climb? I've seen it be extremely long and not that long. It's also a calf killer. Most people cramp there. You just make your way to the end of it, hit that bell, jump down, and keep going. There's a bell. At the end of each obstacle, you've got to hit the bell. There are technically penalties for failed obstacles. It is up to each individual, unless you have a red band on, unless you're running age group, pro, elite, what have you, penalties are optional. When I'm with my team, we do not do penalties. There are times where I have done them, times where I have not. We have a saying on course, whether you're solo or with a team, you run your own race because you don't know somebody's story. You don't know what's hard for them. For some people going out there and doing a sprint and jumping on monkey bars is the hardest thing they've ever done. You let them run their own race and we do not judge you. The last race is the ultra, which is my goal for this year. Actually, it's my goal for May 14th. Wow. If I'm not needed by my team because they might need my help, if they need my help. I'll wait. They've helped me so much. So I have no problem waiting a few months to for another chance to do an ultra but the ultra it's 30 miles and i think it's like 75 maybe 80 obstacles you loop the course twice 
What is different from a Spartan Ultra versus the Sprint Super and the Beast is it's timed to an extent. You have a cutoff time. Sometimes the cutoff time is 1 p.m. Sometimes it's 2 p.m. It just depends on what time they start you in the morning, which is like 6, 7, or 5 in the morning. You must be at that transition point at 2. We're going to go with the 2 cutoff time at 2. If you hit that mat at 2.01, you're done. Now, once you hit your transition spot, then you still have more to do. You ain't, you ain't done at all. <laughs> But you can then kind of relax, take your time, and just be off course by nightfall. So that is the tiers of Spartan. There's something called a Spartan death race, but it's like boot camp, and it's weird. I don't have any desire to do it. I have to ask, because I think to many people, this would sound just insane and just pure torture. What has drawn you to Spartan races? What made you fantasize about crossing that fire jump? Because I had always had an obsession with Spartan history since I was about 16, we had talked about Spartans in history class. And I liked that mindset to not stop, to not surrender, to be unstoppable. To me, the entire, I guess, civilization of the Spartans was admirable. Because at that time, there was no such military that existed like a Spartan. They knew no fear. And the women had such independence and the women were trying to be warriors just as much as the men. So that was just, had been beyond inspiring to me. And I wanted to be like that, to be unstoppable, to, to not be afraid as a person who had always had anxiety and depression and everything that I just wanted that at 16. And then as I got older, the desire to be like that became bigger and bigger as I had been raped. And then I'd, I'd been very abused by a narcissistic gaslighter that drive to not be afraid of men, to not be afraid to stand up to myself, mm. to, to when I say no, no means no. And if you don't mm. take no for an answer, there's going to be a problem. Like I wanted that. And when I discovered the Spartan race, of course, that immediately clicked. I'm like, I got to do that. I'm like, Spartan. To me, I like a Spartan beast. I call those necessary evils. I don't exactly have fun at a beast. I have fun here and there, but overall it's, it's just really hard and it's really brutal. But once I cross the finish line, I go, yep, it was worth it. I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> pushing myself that hard and defying my defying the odds of my body defying the odds of what doctors said I could not do because my own gastric bypass doctor has said that I could never do anything more challenging than a Spartan sprint to prove him wrong and getting ready to prove him wrong again was a part of the drive it's just each race I, I get stronger inside I, I take back more of myself and when when you're overweight like you know bypass we are we're all we you you know, we're overweight. We have self-confidence issues. We all, I know we all do. We all have anxiety. We've all dealt with depression on some level, no matter how much weight you lose, no matter if you have plastic surgery and I don't hate or have any issues like you girl or man, you do you what you need to do to take care of you. So you've got plastic surgery, have at yes. it, but it doesn't matter how much you alter your body after gastric bypass. It's never enough. I could, because I have excess skin on my thighs and my butt and I have no boobs and my thighs, I'm thankful it's not that bad, nor is my butt. My arms, I managed to avoid it all by lifting weights. I could have no excess skin and look like a Victoria's Secrets model plus me and ripped because I absolutely love being ripped. It's not enough. 
because that image of 260 pounds, that image of 300 pounds will never fade from my memory. And I don't think it will for anybody who has bypass. Um, body dysmorphia is very strong in the bypass community, yet there's so little awareness known about it and what it truly is. Body dysmorphia isn't, I don't think I look good. Body dysmorphia is looking in the mirror at a thin athletic person like me who can deadlift 215 pounds and you can tell by my physique, I am that strong. I've got a visceral six pack and it's still not enough. I don't mm. feel pretty. I don't feel attractive because what I see is that 300 pound girl. I, for the longest time, up until I finally got to race, I still bought clothes five sizes too big. And I am, I'm, I'm an extra, extra small to an extra small, sometimes a small. I'm a double zero to a zero. Uh, to work today, I wore my son's button up t-shirt that he wore when he was like 11 and it fits perfect, but yet it's not enough. Physically, I can't see it. Has accomplishing so many athletic feats through these different Spartan races and just pushing your body past what you ever thought was possible, has that brought you any sense of pride and accomplishment that maybe you're not able to get from physically looking at yourself? Very much. Um, a lot of people have asked me, you know, after I did my first Spartan, everybody was clamoring, you know, she's finally done it. She wasn't just talking about because a lot of people didn't think I would do it because it kept getting pushed back. And they're like, so what do you think about it? You know, tell me your feels. And, and I, can't, I still can't because there's no word to describe what the first Spartan race did for me and how it made me feel. But what I can say, the best way I can describe it is it made me realize, and to quote a song I listened to after my first one, I've got that fire inside of me. Son of a gun, I never knew it. <laughs> that can summarize it better than anything. I now know without a shadow of a doubt that anything I set my mind to is going to happen. I'm going to do a Spartan Ultra Effecta weekend, which is a Spartan Ultra on Saturday, the Sprint on Sunday, as well as a Super. I'm going to do it. It's going to suck and it's going to hurt and I'm going to die, but I'm going to do it. Why am I going to do it? Because I said so, because I believe I can do it because my desire to do one of the most difficult Spartan races is strong enough. And it is partly to prove that bypass doctor wrong. And the other is that's just the final check mark before the big dream. I mean, I've had so many check marks that I've already hit. And there's only two things left on my list that I said I would do after I had bypass as far as Spartan races go. Only two things left. The Ultra Facta and World Championship Sparta Grace. Those are the mm. last two things. I qualified last year, but it's really expensive, as you can imagine, at Sparta Grace. So I'm, I'm hoping to go in 2024. That's the goal. And will happen. And that is what the races did for me. I said, I'm going to do Sparta Grace. And it is over it's thousands of dollars, but I said I was going to do it. And it took me four and a half years and multiple medical setbacks to make my first Spartan happen. But I did. And I didn't wow. stop going for it. So that is what those races do for me. They give me the mental and emotional self-confidence that I don't have physically. My physical confidence is slowly getting better. The body dysmorphia is getting more and more better. It's getting easier day by day. I just live my life one day at a time, the best day at a time, just doing me. And if you don't like that I have extra skin on my thighs and you can see it because I'm in uh, a skirt, you know what? I don't care. Don't look. My thighs love each other so much they had to keep touching even after I lost weight. I mean, I have a thigh gap, but not much of one. So I just get to have mermaid tail. I'm so sorry you're jealous of my mermaid tail, but it's pretty and sparkly. 
So this is all just the epitome of grit. And so I want to ask you if you have any advice that you would give someone else who's had bariatric surgery, but feels stuck in a rut with their body or with their routine, what advice would you give them? Find something that challenges you. And it doesn't have to be a race. It doesn't have to be lifting weights. Maybe your challenge is heights and you've always wanted to zip line, but but you're afraid to, but you need to shake something up. You need to do something Mm -hmm. to feel that fire inside of you go look for a small zip area. Uh, there are many different types of zip quests. I know I'm actually fearing my own um, fear of heights. I'm battling my own fear of heights to do my first zip, my second zip. I tapped out the first time. But go find something like that. Find something that challenges you and start small. Don't do what I did and try to zip line over a waterfall like 50,000 feet in the air and then tap out before you hit the waterfall. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Go do something smaller. <laughs> you know, they, they have zip lining through Las Vegas. And in a bariatric support group that I run, I'm admin. I created a bariatric support group almost six years ago, even before I had bariatric. I see all of them post how they want to zip line through Vegas. Go do that. Or if you've never mountain hiked, go mountain hike. Just go hike up the side of a mountain. Find something that challenges you. And you know it challenges you if you think, I want to go do a three-mile hike up a mountain. No, I can't do that. It might be too hard. What if I can't? You know what? That means you need to do it. That means you should do it. On some level, you want to. On another level, you're afraid. Mm -hmm. And don't let that fear hold you back. And I have told so many members of my bariatric support group, I don't care what your dream is. I don't care what your goals are. Do care that you have them. I don't care what they are. Not everybody wants to race and that's fine. They're not me. I'm not them. But whatever your dream is, whatever your goal is, don't stop because you can and you will achieve it. And that is the hardest thing for anybody who's had bypass. We don't believe in ourselves. And I want every bypass person to believe in themselves because when I race, it started with taking back my identity. But now it's more. My why is bariatrics. I race for all the gastric bypass people who are afraid to do it or feel they can't or physically can't. It is for them. Every single one is for them. It is for myself. It is for my son, but it is for my bariatric brothers and sisters. And I hope one day to get a team of us together. And I'm trying, but finding gastric bypass people on course, is not that easy. I find gastric sleep and I love my sleeves, but I do not find full-blown ruin Y on course ever, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder, are they afraid to say they're gastric bypass or do they not believe they can do it because they can't? Whatever is holding you back today, whether it's, you know, painting your house or finishing an essay, whatever is holding you back that you feel is a challenge, dig deep and think, no excuses. I'm going to do this and get it done. And you will find by completing each challenge, whether it's schoolwork, housework, whatever, eventually it's not going to be a challenge anymore. And for some people, like you're saying, that rut, getting out of bed and walking up and down the stairs of their house is a challenge that they might not want to face because it will be too hard on them. And I don't judge for that because I used to be there. So to get out of your rut, just find something cut your hair, get a tattoo. Goodness knows I get tattoos as much as I can. (laughs) They do help with the body dysmorphia, I will say. I I do like my tattoos. (laughs) It's adorning your beautiful body. (laughs) I'd love to hear a little bit more about how accomplishing these athletic goals have had ripple effects into other areas of your life, perhaps your work life, your relationships. What are some ways that you've noticed you've also changed outside of Spartan races? Uh, 
Am I allowed to cuss? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't take no shit no more. And uh. I realized with doing these Spartan races, and there are people that, you know, have supported me doing races from the very beginning. And the funny thing is, is 98% of those people had never met me. They were the biggest supporters that I ever had. And they were just other Spartans. When I joined Spartan groups online to start learning about it, they never met me. Yet they supported me every step of the way. So the audio actually cut out here for a second during the interview, but Brittany starts talking about how old friends and acquaintances were actually not very supportive of her choice to change her life and her body. But I felt the urge to keep talking to them and they would treat me so differently and so bad when I did talk to them. And it hurt my feelings every single time. And I would call them to tell them about, hey, for the first time ever, I jogged two miles down the road. I'm so excited. And they would just be like, well, it must be nice to be able to have that kind of surgery and do whatever you want now. It must be nice. You know, stuff like that. And I would take it. I felt like they were right. And it started to close me off more so. I had friends who would request that I not dress in a certain way that showed off my weight loss with them near me because, you know, they're fluffy. I don't know how to say that, but they're fluffy. And I don't hate, I don't care how little or how big or whatever you are. I'm going to love you for who you are. Yes. But some, they did not like that I had lost weight and they had not. So eventually after doing Spartan races, it gave me that confidence. You don't like me. You don't like who I am. You don't like that. I'm going to make the world know me. Then I don't want you in my life. And I very much said that in probably not so much nice words, <laughs> a lot worse words. Um, it gave me the confidence to say no. To no means no. boundaries. Very much like. so. I've had a couple of exes come out of the woodworks, curious, how does she look now? And they message me and the first response, no, no, but you, no, I just want, nope, <laughs> no means no. And then no is actually one of my most favorite words because now I can say no and have the meaning behind no. I will say racing did kind of take a toll when I first started with my marriage. My husband is a Marine veteran and he was very supportive and helpful till it all started. And it wasn't that he was against it. He just didn't know what to do because here he had this wife eight years prior who wouldn't leave the house, who had a emotional support animal, my cat, he's registered emotional support animal, have to go everywhere with me because I was afraid to do anything. I would never be alone or do anything alone. I was terrified. And then all of a sudden I'm jumping in a car and I'm driving seven and a half hours to Jacksonville, Florida to go do a race with a group of people that I just met. I was terrified every step of the way. I, I called Joey McGlamory the night before the Spartan, before I had to leave to drive there. I'm like, I can't do this, Joey, I can't do this. Yes, you can, Bernie. It'll be an adventure. You're our warrior hobbit. It'll be a little adventure. You can do this. You're a hobbit. You're a Spartan. So my husband kind of felt like he was losing the woman he knew for eight years and it created some conflict and some tensions. And he does have his own, his own issues. He has military PTSD. And after a while, he finally adjusted to me being gone a lot because on weekends is when I race and I'm gone a lot. He later told me last fall, actually, that seeing me do all this and supporting everything, it gave him the courage to start speaking out about his own PTSD and getting help wow. for his own mental wow. uh, struggles. And he started to open up to me about his PTSD and tell me things that I never knew. Now, I never, I will never ask friend, husband, you know, relative, if you're military, I'm never going to ask about your time, sir, because it's sensitive. If you want me to know, you will tell me and I'll always respect that. 
So I never have ever in the eight years we've been together asked about Tom's art. So he finally started to open up a lot and a lot of things made sense. And he is, you know, he's working hard on it. Every day gets better. I think the Spartan races have definitely also helped strengthen my marriage as I've become the true heart of my homes. The epicenter of strength of my home lies with me. Because there were many times last year where me and my husband, I didn't think we were going to make it. Um, we did split briefly. And it was very painful. It didn't last long, like a night. But, you know, he his PTSD took over. He he lost his temper. We had huge blow-up fight. And I just said, I'm just not doing this anymore. I'm done. I, I can't. I will not live like this. It's over. I love you. Bye-bye. And that, I think, really shook him. And it really shook me. But we came together. And that's when he started opening up. And he would tell me that everything that he'd witnessed this year with me in racing gave him that strength to finally open up and face his fears. It was. So how... Racing has impacted my life. It's been very back and forth. I've lost a lot of toxic friends. I gained so many more back, though. Uh, more Heart Than Scars. They're my family. I have other race friends who are not a part of More Heart Than Scars. They are also my family. You mm. know, if you're ever scared as a bypass person to do a Spartan race, you will find the most accepting, supporting, non-judgmental community. You will find you are more accepted there than you have ever been in your entire life. I have seen people probably pressing almost 400 pounds, busting their butt at 100 degree weather at a trifecta weekend. Is there judgment? No, there's no judgment. You need help, we'll help you. We're happy to see you out there. And there's so many times I wonder if I knew what I knew about fitness and nutrition, and if I had discovered Spartan races many, many years ago, would I have needed the surgery? And that is a question I ask myself every single day. I don't regret the surgery, but if I could, I have found a way to do this on my own. And I don't know, but there are aspects of the surgery that are frustrating, mm. <laughs> but I still no regrets. It sounds like you have just come and shown up in the world as your best authentic self. And you are now inspiring other people like your husband and those around you to do the same. And I think that is such a gift. I would love to, to close off with any other information that you would like to share with other patients or people who may be doubting themselves? Anything you feel like we still need to share? If you are thinking about having gastric bypass, I want to start there. It will be one of the scariest things you've probably ever done. And you may think, I have to give up this food. I have to give up that food. It's going to be so hard. It's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be really, 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 really hard. I ain't going to lie. It's going to be hard. And it's going to suck at times. And the first six months, you're probably going to regret that you even did it. But I will tell you, as a person who weighed 260 pounds starting the journey, that was when I started the gastric bypass journey, who could hardly walk, to is now walking and jogging long distant races and achieving obstacles. I have zero regrets because gastric bypass did take some things from me, but what it gave me, there is nothing in this world compared to what it's given me. So if you are thinking about it and you're scared to do it, don't, don't be scared, do it. At the very least, start with the sleeve. And if you feel like you need to transition over into ruin, why? But don't be afraid. And if you are afraid and you need support, Look for bariatric support groups on Facebook. We are everywhere. If you've had gastric bypass or gastric sleeve and you feel like it was for nothing, you're frustrated, you can hardly eat and you miss cake or you miss chips or you miss soda. I know that sucks. Trust me. I miss a lot of things too, but remember why you did it. And I promise you, 
it is worth it. Keep going, keep fighting, keep eating clean, keep doing your best. And if you, if you step up or you want to have one day to have a little treat, do it. I do. I'm a clean eater all the way. I have to be, but I splurge on the weekends and I go, I'm going to put some French fries in my air fryer and I'm going to have me a little treat. It's moderation. Now, some people can judge me for that. And that's fine. I understand why you might, and I don't hate you for it. I get it. Just remember you did this surgery for a reason. Don't stop. I see you. I know you. I know your struggles and you are not alone. You are never alone. And the biggest thing that I want awareness on and for you to know is there is one thing that about bypass that a lot of people don't realize is it can come with a suicide rate and it does. Don't know why. Could be the chemical imbalance from how we eat. It could be that you hit a five-year marker and you go, oh my God, this is the rest of my life. I have to eat this way the rest of my life. But you know what? If that happens and you get in that place, please call the suicide hotline. Please get help. Because I promise you as a suicide survivor, you're going to wake up a couple of days later and you're going to be really damn glad that you made that call and you reached out and you will be glad that you are alive. And I know mentioning suicide can scare a lot of people. The stigma has to end. And I want to raise awareness on bariatric suicide. Don't be afraid to get bariatric surgery because you might commit suicide. Still get it. But there are thousands of us out there who will get you through a dark night. Just call the suicide hotline or get help. Wow. These are such powerful words. Thank you so much, Brittany. So you're aiming to race in May, potentially. Is there a place where we can follow along and cheer you on online or in social media? Well, well I'm actually racing this weekend. In, oh, um, wow. I'm <laughs> wow. doing... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of a four weekend straight race. Uh, it actually started last week. No, it starts this week. Two weeks ago, I did Jacksonville, Florida. It was really cool going back to Jacksonville, Florida with my team. And um doing my first race all over again. But now I go to Conyers, Georgia for Spartan Sprint and Super with my team again. Um, I've got a lot of team races this week, this year, June, I think May and June and August, I have a bunch, I have a lot more solo events. But May 14th is the Fayetteville, North Carolina Spartan Ultra Fecta weekend. I will know hopefully within a week or two if I'll be doing the ultra. Again, if my team needs my help, I do want to help them as mentally and physically. They're my family, and I can't imagine doing you know, always being alone. I, I like my solo racing because sometimes I just want to break bad and do my own thing, but I also love my team's races. I'm on Instagram. Um, Spartan underscore on fire, I believe is my Instagram handle. Um, my Facebook, I'm Brittany West, but I would love to follow up when, especially when I know if I'm going to pull off the, uh, the ultra. And then after that, my next biggest is West Virginia in August. I did West Virginia last year. It was my first, no, my second trifecta weekend where you do all three races in two days. And yeah, we would probably need like a whole another 45 minutes just to discuss what <laughs> bariatric people go through at West Virginia with the 5,600 foot elevation climb gain. This has been amazing. You're such a force of power <laughs> in this Thank world. You. And, you know, maybe we do another episode after a few more races or you're coming up on your ultra and we get a little update on your wild journey that is just so inspirational. Thank you. I, I would love to keep y'all updated. Thank you so much, Brittany, for sharing. This has been truly a pleasure. Thank you for giving me this, this opportunity. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more content like this, please consider subscribing to Be Health Curious so you don't miss a beat. 
We're also on Instagram at b.health.curious. Thank you for listening. Stay positive, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.